Hello and welcome to an ongoing podcast episode 43. This is our free three con- uh, podcast. Which we're going to probably a couple of hours before E3 and we're going to make some predictions which will then be proven hilariously wrong. Uh, with me, I've got Philip War. Hi. And um, John America Weber. Hello. How are you doing, John? Oh, I'm good. Thanks for asking. How are you? I should have got her to do the intro. She doesn't sound like she's at death's door. <laughs> Does it sound that bad? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know. You just sound like you're about to sort of like curl up into a heap and sort of have to regenerate or something, <laughs> you know? That's uh, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, um, what's everyone doing for E3 anyway? What are your plans? Um, well, Twitter, I expect. <laughs> but um, I might tweet whilst they're next to other people who are also looking at their phones. Uh, I haven't quite decided. My room is quite comfy and they are quite far away. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yes, we're doing a little bit differently this week. Uh, I'll probably still end up asking people about what they're going to see, but I want to ask everyone to... Well, damn right you're asking me what I play, because I've been playing Wildstar, so <laughs> I want to talk about it, but anyway, yes. Do you want to talk about that first or second? I don't know. Uh... I'm still very excited about it, so we could do that. Also, I've been playing Floating Point as well, which is Tom Francis's new game. I've played that as well. Yeah, like, I have actually been been playing some games that aren't Dota, so I don't know if you want to capitalise on this or whether you <laughs> want right, to let's just, go, like, let's go. whether you want to E3 first. I'll, I'll cut out the bit where I pretended I was ever considering doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, well, uh, Jordan, have you been playing either of those as well? I haven't been playing anything, so I'm really glad that you have, because... Um... <laughs> Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've been playing uh, Wildstar. It's like um, it's the first ever MMO that I've actually sort of been in on at the Guild Wars uh, 2 that we talked about before. But obviously that was like, you know, about a million years after everybody else had like gone, oh, yeah, no, that's really good. You can make toast. And I was like, you guys, you can make toast. And everyone's like, calm your beans. We did that ages ago. Speaking of beans, made them too. I was like, God damn. <laughs> It was um, at least quite good for, I think, being relatively flat, so it's easier to drop in. But yeah, so uh, so yeah, Wildstar's actually been... I've been really enjoying it, and like um, the the way that it does the sort of... You know, you do sort of obviously have the, the intro zone and the sort of, you know, quests where you like collect a certain number of things or, you know, kill a certain number of enemies. But um, like with MMOs, it's all in the, um, in the sort of the phrasing and the, the framing. And so it actually does a really good job of making it compelling and making me actually want to play through it as an adventure rather than just going oh, okay well here's my you know grindy quest like it d- doesn't feel grindy which i'm really excited about mm. Mm. and like it's just really pretty as well and i sort of my character looks a bit sort of i i kind of tried to make it look as much like me as possible but they've um they're sort of really highly stylized so there's lots of like nipped in waists and like hips and stuff for the for the lady like human characters but like it didn't feel particularly like you know um unhelpful or offensive or anything it just felt like that was the aesthetic of the game because like i was looking around and like the buildings actually have similar kind of like in and outy proportions and it kind of felt like it reflected that rather than a kind of, hey, Tootsie Lady. 
I know, um, yeah, I know Arsenal Savage has been playing it as well for review, and one of the things he pointed out was uh, that there's kind of, there's not a lot of, like, change you can make in the, uh, the way characters are, so he, like, showed off the male rock monster or the female rock monster, and, like, mm. no matter how svelte he tried to make the male rock monster, he was always a huge shouldered guy. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to uh, Chris about this, Chris Thurston, and because um, we were playing it last night, and he was saying that that's he thinks that's a lot to do with you know things like armor and stuff. You know, like if you have someone that's like hugely customizable, then you end up with uh, armor that doesn't make sense on some characters sometimes. <coughs> well, that's the old uh, like so. Elder Scrolls problem, isn't it? When you put a hat on a dinosaur, man. But yeah, so like you know, it's not a massive problem although having said that i did pick like i ended up picking i guess the fattest in in you know in air quotes uh character model i could find for the lady just because i was kind of like you know in real life i have hips so i kind of want to you know reflect that and then i was just clicking through the options and like the only real option for that was like you know big butt and then like whoa okay chest (laughs) calm down (laughs) Like, it's not massively obvious in the game, but just when you're, like, clicking through the character uh, select screen, you're a bit like, oh, okay. Um, And none of the, like, big options feel big. Like, I, you know, usually sort of um, try and... It's equal parts making a point and uh, sort of also wanting to feel like my character has physical heft in the world because I want them to be able to like punch people and be a bit intimidating so I will sort of like default to a a bigger character but I also sort of want like ones that are maybe slightly outside the hey sexy lady kind of um, stereotype but anyway yeah so uh, I have like a a human-y kind of lady who can throw psychic spears at people and uh, she's also a scientist which is uh, I really liked because uh, I've never named a character in an MMO before. It kind of felt like, you know, I, I'm i going to come off as slightly unhinged. I was like, OK, how the hell do you do this? And went to a whole heap of like baby naming websites. Because oh, I was just like, him. <laughs> I do that all the time. Good. Thank God. Um, and so I did a heap of like quizzes and things, you know, like BuzzFeed style quizzes. Just like, what should I name this thing? You know, um, what was the eventual name? Well, I called her Cassiel because, and this is going to make me sound like it's such a twat, but like I was thinking of, um, you know, like Elder Scrollsy kind of names because I like the sort of old English crossed with elvish kind of sensibility they have, like Daedra and Adra and, you know, things like that. But like all of those kinds of names seem to be taken, um, which is unsurprising given that. Elder Scrolls is a big franchise and I'm sure that people like the naming conventions there um so I was actually <laughs> I was looking uh into like archangels and angels and things and there's one called uh Cassiel who is like known for watching things and I thought that that um it, it kind of chimed with the scanning that you do as a scientist like you're sort of observing the world um, so I just added an extra L-E on the end and sort of made it a lady name. Okay. Yeah, nothing in your tone of voice is making me sound like I'm a, a reasonable human being. <laughs> Sorry, was it Castiel? Castiel. Oh, like, Castiel. Castiel is like um, the supernatural sort of like version of that same ca- character. Yes, that's, yeah, no, that's what I was thinking of. Mm. No, I just can't imagine that as anyone but a dude in a trench coat. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, so um, that's but like and you know if you uh, like um, y- you know how you obviously like um, different kinds of armor as you go through like the intro like you sort of level up your outfit basically. Um, so I ended up with. I can't remember what they were actually called, but they were the something of fealty. And it was like, they were the short shorts of fealty. I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> I hope it's warm. Um, but yeah, so she's like really boss and she's like kicking ass across the fields of Nexus. And yeah, really having a good time. Mm. Mm. Although um, there's like a few like little sort of glitchy kind of bugs and stuff. So when you've got like a a, a mission specific uh, ability, you should be able to use it by pressing T. Like I think once you've got the mission selected, but I ended up not being able to do that. Like I was trying to fire a potato gun to lure a monster to a certain point in like the map, which was really fun. Uh, well, you know, the concept was like pretty awesome. It was, you know, more wrote I suppose uh, than I'm making it sound but um, what happened was I kept pressing T and it kept activating a completely different mission uh, and so like it kept summoning this dude but it kept summoning multiple instances of that dude so I just was wandering across this um, field with five versions of this guy all chatting behind me like I had a little entourage of clones so that was annoying uh- <laughs> and this is a bug not a feature well, I like to embrace it as a potential feature, but like only if they introduce some kind of choreography mode oh. where I could like you know summon all these clones and then just sort of set up a a, a viral video kind of scenario. Be fine, be great. <laughs> so yeah, but I'm yeah I'm really enjoying like all the like the story quests and stuff. Like I really just enjoy the sense of um like the game seems to understand what's fun about it and like you know when you've killed something and it's dropped loot you're uh you collect it by pressing v and the v is for vacuum like you know it sort of like hoovers up all this stuff and i just you know it's little touches like that that make me kind of like you kind of get more of the sort of the tone Mm. so yeah i'm having fun has that come across sufficiently Yeah, voluntarily (laughs) talked about. Mm. (laughs) I joined a guild. I've never joined a guild before. Accidentally messaged everybody in the guild with just the name (laughs) of the admin. It's fine. (laughs) But yeah, so um, yeah, there there is something like there is something to like being on the ground for an hour when it launches for the first time. For me, the first time I did it properly, I think was tried out with Warhammer Online, but then I stuck with. Guild Republic all the way up to maximum level. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it's a it, it's a unique experience. But what um, what is it about Wildstar that's like different from other MMOs? Well, given that I've only really played like so, I've played some WoW, but that was more to do with keeping up with a friend who now lives out of the country, and that's like his MMO. And so I dip into it just so that we can do a bit of questing while we catch up. Um, but I've never got on with the aesthetic of WoW, and that's just a personal thing. Um, like the, um, I find the color palette quite irritant and so I don't enjoy being in the world for long stretches of time and that's obviously prohibitive given that the point is that you sink hours in and are able to just sort of lose yourself while going on quests and like exploring and stuff um sorry does it give you a headache 
Yeah, but it's kind of, I think it's more um, in the sense of, you know, when you go on like a long car journey and your eyes start to get tired? Oh, yeah. And like you feel sort of vaguely like it's that backgroundy, headachey nausea that's not quite any sickness. It's just you don't feel great. It's just kind of looking at the same thing for too long. Mm, yeah, basically. And so I just sort of get, I think, like, sort of a bit tired of it and also just little things start to irritate me like I I think as well like I find it quite twee or quite sort of like like it, it doesn't make an impact I, I found a very sort of strong contrast when I was playing um the Elder Scrolls online and now I don't I didn't enjoy the Elder Scrolls online but I enjoyed the aesthetic of it because it was sort of more angular mm. and it felt more sort of interesting to look at and sort of less um abrasive is is the only word i can think of for wow i found wow very abrasive mm. um i found the elder scrolls online kind of inconsequential like nothing mattered i had no impact on the world but it was very pretty and then guild wars 2 i really have been loving the sort of just the sense of the world like the the things that you can do the places you can explore you know like how my friends really enjoy it as well you know like that enthusiasm sort of begets more enthusiasm so yeah like it is it, it's closer to my experience of uh guild wars 2 i'd say than any of the other stuff but it's very much it's it's sort of a unique it, it does have its own identity which i've been really really enjoying prodding around in um Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, when I needed some light relief, I played some uh, floating point. Oh. So there we go. Lots of like you know, bungeeing around from level to level. Yeah, I've played. I've uh, played only like a like, half hour hour of floating point earlier today. Mm. Which is yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's a little strange. Um, it basically feels a lot like uh, well, like. It reminds me a lot of the Ninja Rope in uh, Worms, but then mm. when you actually play it, it works completely differently, and there's a strange eerie floatiness to the way you move. It's yeah, it's very sort of um, fluid, uh, and I really enjoy that. Like just the sort of the sinuous motion. The thing, that, like the parts where it loses me slightly, are when the um, when the rope leaves trails that don't flow properly. Like that bothers me, but it's you know again, it's that sort of weird aesthetic thing that is so personal. Like you know, you just sort of look at the trails and go, yeah, but it's not quite a proper wave. It's done something weird because it uses actual physics rather than like, you know, how I want it to look. <laughs> so it's yeah. too accurate. Mm. Right. It's very annoying when things are accurate, Jordan. Very annoying. <laughs> Uh, what's this game? You just float. Is there any so, other point? What it is, is um, like you've got a series of platforms that are just floating in space. And by clicking um, the mouse, you can attach to them with a rope. And then um, you can also retract the rope slightly so that you're sort of like swinging from it, but you're able to sort of alter the velocity and, you know, uh, spin around on uh, these platforms, you know, in great sort of rope arcs and stuff and, and you sort of use it to collect like the sort of checkpoints that are sticking out of the the uh, floating bricks but yeah like mostly you're just sort of like 
I guess exploring what you can do with the with the rope swing mechanic. That's cool. Is it the kind of thing so kind of tech demo esque, and you could envisage it in a different game, or is it really its own thing? It's its own thing in that like it has a real sort of meditative quality. Like you'll reach uh, the re- requisite number of collecting checkpoints or whatever and then it'll just say okay we'll press enter to go to the next level when you're ready as in there's sort of there's sort of not really a sense of pushing you forwards other than you know there's like you know a high score table or whatever else but um yeah like I I found it more as a, a kind of like the game that I would play when I was really stressed out by other games like just where I wanted that sort of space to press buttons and look at patterns and not necessarily sort of think or panic or feel pressured so not quite a tech demo but sort of more a meditative space than a game see I was thinking it might be more like the movement in journey which feels quite different from other games but then obviously is situated within a, a what you might call a full game experience it's not just based on that movement mm. Yeah, it's it's kind of odd because it's sort of it is very much a sort of self-contained experience. I mean, you could obviously use the same thing to sort of make a different type of game or a different type of experience. But um yeah, like I guess I I don't know. What do you think, Tom? You said you've been playing it. Yeah, I know what. Well, yeah, I think full game is probably the wrong way to put it. In the end, Johnny obviously carries it inside like a narrative, whereas this is. It, it does kind of feel like a tech demo in a few ways, mostly because mm. it's all, you know, mostly because everything is cube, everything is um, cuboids, um, with very basic textures and stuff like that. But um, yeah, but uh, you know, it, it does it does work. And it's just a very small thing, and it's been put out for free as well. Um, yeah, like and yeah, Tom wrote a, a little thing about why he did that basically because um, everyone bought so much gunpoint that uh, he doesn't have to worry about money, so he thought he'd give them a free game in return. Mm. which is really cool and it started off life as part of a game jam and stuff so yeah it's like but yeah like it's yeah to me it feels like one of those maybe a, a tech demo that I get obsessed with if that makes sense like you know how sometimes they come along and it's like you know I don't need them to do anything else with this like I just sort of really enjoy being in that think space it's kind of like a holding pattern that I really enjoy being inside I guess yeah it feels like a puzzle game always. Yes. Mm. so yeah it is interesting and that's yeah, that's most of what I've been playing that and, uh, and more Dominions 4 mm. <laughs> I mean like because it's free I'm interested like if any readers uh, end up picking it up I'd be really interested in what they have to say because mm. like I've I guess I've sort of kept up with its development through chatting to Tom regularly. So, like, you know, I'm not even going to pretend to be unbiased about it. Like, I just, but I also happen to like it as well. So, but yeah, I'd be really interested to sort of see what other people get out of it or if they have a similar sort of pleasant experience or, yeah, anything like that, really. To uh, what we might call non gamers, would you get your mum or whoever? I think it would be interesting to show somebody who wasn't familiar with games because it's got such a simple interface. It's just left and right mouse click. 
And yeah. so, like, I think it would be really good for sort of saying, okay, this is the feel of a game, but it's super accessible, so you'll be able to see whether you like mm. this type of game, but still be able to actually master it. Whereas, you know, if you, like, if you sat my mum down in, in front of an MMO, like, regardless of how much she might like the, some of the stories, like the idea of WASD and then, like, a whole number line and then also like you know different sort of chat things and so many like interface icons like she would just have a complete meltdown so being able to sort of show someone okay left and right button you've done this before let's go <laughs> You'd be, yeah it's surprising how many like people that haven't played games before get stuck on, on whilst it's... well even just using um like a controller using two analog sticks People just yeah. can't get their heads around They can't it. get through doors, that's the thing I find. It's like, that's the big challenge for door gamers. Uh, like, it's easier to shoot something than it is to walk through a door. Hmm. And they're not consistent oftentimes. So, yeah. you know, like, WASD is fairly standard, but you do end up with some really weird, like... You know, yeah, door opening. Like, there's so many different ways to open a damn door, you know, like... And don't get me yeah, started on feel... ladders. Uh, ladders are my nemesis. We would have solved ladders in the games industry by now. Maybe that would be the E3 announcement, guys. We've got it. We understand ladders. Then they'll make an entire game based around ladders. Exactly. Be fine. It would be like Donkey Kong, wouldn't it? Or um, yeah. Hang on. Yeah. Well, that was my attempt at a segue. (laughs) Did you like it? I think it went really badly. I was going to say that uh, also I've been playing something that's completely inaccessible to everyone, including myself, uh, which is More Dominions, which uh, is such a weird game. In fact, having looked at, having spent a little bit more time with it previously, I said it it would have been it, the graphics looked like they were from 1998. I'm going to downgrade that to 1994. Like you know, Magic Carpet probably puts it to shame. <laughs> but, uh, Stop hating on Magic Carpet, please. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'm not God, it's so cranky. <laughs> but no, no, uh, it's it's uh, it's got this absurdly complex magic system. Also, like a crazy amount of weird creatures and stuff. So at the moment, I'm playing as a giant stone head that co- demands constant human sacrifice. Uh, that com- sounds like you. <laughs> that commands an army of wedge jaguars, mm. uh, which are currently surrounded by like an army of ghosts and a kraken. It's that kind of game. I'm pretty sure every other part of the map has something equally bizarre happening. Like, um, Ben is basically playing as uh, as the Lovecraft nation. Mm. Uh, Did you roll for your gods? Oh, we all designed them at the start. Okay, cool. Oh, um, for people who didn't listen to last week's podcast, um, this is like, yeah, uh, essentially an online board game where you play as gods. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, it's more, it's more like a turn-based strategy game, really. But yeah, you, oh, okay. you design a bunch of uh, gods and then um, go through, let's say, a very ugly and quite old-fashioned interface, but with an impressive amount of depth in terms of like the, the gods you can pick and the incredibly complicated magic system. Jordan, if you could be any form of god, what would you be? I tell you which one I wouldn't be, the god and goddess. Oh, really? <laughs> Have you been playing that? How incredibly boring would it be to be that god? Is he even in yet? <laughs> Is that god been patched in yet? Oh, I don't know, but just, 
like just playing the game like imagine if that was your job forever for eternity literally eternity oh my god you wouldn't get to just stop i like being the kind of god you are in the sims <laughs> are you hang on are you a benevolent god in the sims or are you like a <laughs> jackass or on my mood and i i tend to only kill off sims that are horrible so i'll give them bad personality traits and then i feel justified in killing them <laughs> You make an example of them. Yeah. Well, everyone. Yeah, that's cool. I was just about to make a Game of Thrones spoiler, but I won't do that. <laughs> when a horrible person dies, people don't yes. quite as much. I remember um, when I was telling someone uh, the other day about like I told you guys this story about the um, the Sims Three house where I made it so the proportions were slightly wrong and there was a secret room in the middle of the house and if you went round the back if you were curious enough you'd be able to look through a window and see a bunch of gnomes in this room mm. uh, attending a lecture that was being given by a pink flamingo. Um, so I'm that kind of weirdo. And then I get annoyed when the game's AI isn't sufficiently advanced to detect any of this. Like, it just ignores the fact that I'm trying to, like, mess with it and carries on about its business. I'm like, I, you know, I don't know what to do because at that point I'm like, but that that's my only form of impact on your world. And everyone's like, no, you, you play The Sims. I'm like, no! <laughs> no, this is how I do it. And yeah, it just it ignores me. Yeah, they haven't quite got the capacity to handle all situations in that game. No, it's a fairly it's a subtle fair, situation, Daniel. Unfair situation in some ways, perhaps. I don't know. I had a um, an extended family because in The Sims Three, if you move your Sims out of your house and into the rest of the town, they kind of carry on about their business without you, and the rest of the town just, you know, they all grow and get jobs and get married and have babies and stuff. And I found out by looking at my Sims family tree that one of the people I'd kicked out of my house had married their cousin. <laughs> you look away for five minutes. Just five minutes. Off. I was like, hold on, these people have got the same surname. What are they? Oh, no. God. <laughs> yeah, oh, hopefully no. the Sims 4 will have, um, will have fixed that. Yeah. Sims 4, which might be mentioned at E3. It's definitely being mentioned at E3. They've already confirmed... The 8 p.m. EA press conference will be pretty Sims-focused, I think. Can you imagine if they walk out on stage with a plum bob on their head? That would be amazing. That's what those things are called, by the way. I wish I had a plum bob. In fact, I wish everyone had plum bobs and then you could tell if people were in a bad mood before you spoke to them. See, this is my next fancy dress uh, costume idea. So previously it was that I was going to go as Banjo from Banjo-Kazooie, but that's quite a lot of effort. I figured I'd just make a plum bob and stick it to my head and yeah. like maybe have like a, a different kind of colour that I could swap it out for if anyone at the party irked me. And so far I haven't been invited to any parties. <laughs> so, um, yeah, living the dream. <laughs> anyway. I'm going to steal that for the next time. <laughs> I'm also not invited to any parties. <laughs> We should oh we should do this for E three. We should have a viewing party with just us with like plum bobs over our heads and like, you know, varying degrees of like mood change to well, sort of I am already having an E three viewing party. If you'd like to come up to Leamington, you're welcome to join us. Ooh. And sit in your pajamas if you'd like, but pants probably not. 
I'll be wearing pants as well. It's not an either or situation. <laughs> God, you think I'm like uncouth or something? Hey, just a precautionary. <laughs> you just don't trust me at all. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I might do. I might, I, if I can make a plumb bob in the time between now and E3, then may well, may, may well do that. <laughs> I make fun bob cookies. Oh That's yeah, easy. Mm. And I do have some green food coloring. I think you could kind of like maybe try and make a a, a, a plum bob fondant fancy. Uh, I think Mr. Kipling should do that. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be great though. <laughs> I made well, dota two cookies those. once. Sorry, <laughs> you can make those and you can bring them. Yes. Ah, oh, can you make fondant fancies at home? Do you think they did them on the Great British Bake Off? I realise this is not anything to do with video games at this point, and possibly we should stop talking. Well, it's tangentially related to video games. It's fine. <laughs> I will look that up in my own time, though. <laughs> oh no, that does look possible. No, so, um, when I said I hadn't been playing anything earlier, I lied. Um. <laughs> I have been playing some games for review for the June issue of The Observer, Ooh. which are um, Tomodachi Life mm. and PlayStation Vita Pets. Oh, and Watch Dogs, but I don't want to talk about that. It's okay. We did that last week. We've, we've, <laughs> That's fine, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we've watched all the dogs. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, I've been watching dogs in a different sense in PlayStation Vita Pets. Um, if you'd like to talk about that. Is it like Nintendogs? Tell me everything about this and it's also send me gifts of dogs. It's Nintendogs, except the dogs talk. Mm. Um, so you have, I mean, it's for a good reason. They've decided that pet sims on their own are not quite substantial enough. So they've put a little adventure mode in it. Um, yeah. So after you've adopted your pet, you're reading it a story from a book and you find out that there's this king who had a best friend who was a dog and he left like a treasure trail for, you know, the next the next uh, greatest dog-human partnership to discover. Um, so you go out into the world, um, and it just so happens that the first trail, uh, the first part of this treasure trail is right outside your back garden, um, kind of conveniently. And then you follow clues and things, and you get your dog to dig up stuff, and then you get treasure and things like that, which is pretty cool. But um, the fact that they've got this, I guess you could call it a narrative, although I use the word very loosely, means that they've decided to get the dogs to talk. Um, mm. And they have kind of Disney Channel American accents. And each breed has a different um, personality. If you imagine me doing air quotes when I've said that. Um, the Dalmatians, for instance, are, I assume, all female because they go... Hi, please adopt me. I love shopping, and I'm really cute. When you, um, yeah. So, so, so all the do- all all the animals can speak. They're are still all... pets. That's just quite disturbing, though. Yeah, and they go, it's, you end up in these really weird situations where the dog is the dog is asking you to pet it, and then it will be like, "Oh yes, please, more there." <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Kind of innocent American Disney Channel voice. Um, oh wow! That's oh, 
Uh, I suppose if it's on Vita, maybe you can't. But I was wondering whether you could like mod it with like different kind of voice packs and stuff. That would be kind of maybe some slightly inappropriate Benedict Cumberbatch kind of voice packs or something. (laughs) But like, I don't know. They'd probably do really well. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't even bear thinking about. No, no, I've kind of gone in the wrong direction with that. Sorry. But yeah, it's, it's quite a weird game. Um, is it good? Well, so I can understand why kids might like it. I mean, there's a lot of the kind of nonsense stuff that, you know, there are like a million different little outfits that you can dress your dog up in and it really serves no purpose other than to just, I don't know, to have your dog go, oh, I look so cute. Um, but the adventure stuff is pretty cool because you'll go out and you'll go to the first place and then to get to the next bit you'll need um you'll need like a skill and it's kind of almost an rpg like your dog needs to have the right level of strength uh tug strength to pull (laughs) open a gate um so you have to take it home and train it with the tug toy um until it levels up and then you can go back out into the world and carry on with your adventure this is basically a dev team that has got quite bored of making pets games I mean, it's I, pretty- I, I really like that idea. It's just the anthropomorphized side of things that I'm really not keen on. Like, I the thing I really loved about Nintendogs was that it was kind of like, a, you know, like a, 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 a Tamagotchi or something, you know, like it was it was more like an actual pet that you had to look after and that it, it kind of couldn't tell you exactly what it was. You know, it was just, I don't know. Yeah, I quite I like that they're but- not they don't have voices and they can't talk to you and they're not people, they're, they're actual dogs. Not actual dogs. I don't really as know close how I can get around it. I mean, they'd have, to, they'd have to have a narrator, I guess, who wasn't the dog to tell you what to do because the instructions are quite... I mean, I've explained it as you go out on the adventure and then you go back home to level up your dog, but I'm actually stuck on it because I've gotten to a bit where my dog needs jump skill and I don't know how to train it in jump skill and there's nothing to tell me how to do that. Um, whereas when I needed tug skill the dog was like oh I'm not strong enough to tug this door I better go home and train on my tuggy toy Um, so it kind of explained what I needed to do I guess they'd need a a, a separate narrator which might they might not have wanted that yeah Yeah. I don't know like I had to (laughs) Oh, no, I was about to say something that was like completely reprehensible or something like you know maybe there's like an electrify the floor option that would just make your dog jump up and down but um like that's obviously cruel and unfair and i would never ever do that and that's just trying to think of what would make something jump up and down I've, i've thrown the frisbee for it and it even jumps to catch the frisbee but for some reason that only gives it fetch skill it doesn't give it jump skill okay well, what other stuff do you have at your disposal? Like, could you, could you like, walk it in a different area, like, where it has to jump over anything, or...? I don't know. I'm thinking there must just be some kind of, um... Because when I got... So, you shot by using the, the smart TV in the sitting room um, mm. to kind of browse online channels, and I used that to buy, uh... A, I don't know what it's called, like a thing for the ob- for the obstacle course that led the dog around it. Um, okay. An obstacle course area, but I don't. It doesn't seem to have a jumping bit in it. Oh. Um, so I don't really know. If hmm. anyone out there listening to this podcast um, has played PlayStation Vita Pets, do get in touch and let me know how to finish it because I want to know what happens at the end. I'm very excited. 
don't know, That's... like, I was just thinking that at the end, like, maybe you don't want the end, because, like, the end in movies and stuff tends to be the demise of the pet. <laughs> ah, yeah, good point. You actually do see the ghost of the king's dog at one point. You kind of follow it around a mine. But I the, think perhaps that's kind that of the hero here, so maybe you'll be the person who dies to motivate. <laughs> I don't know. I would say maybe don't pursue the jumping option too hard in case you end up dying. <laughs> Unlikely, I think, that anyone out there has played it. Um, it doesn't seem like it will be very popular. Fair enough. What was the other one that you said that you'd been playing? Uh, oh, Tomodachi Life. Um, which is very very funny but only for a moment and then you kind of get bored of it and then you don't want to play it anymore is the trailer the best thing about it i haven't seen the trailer what happens in the trailer um like reggie ends up like showing up with like he's super buff it's my um it's my twitter background like header at the moment (laughs) um because, like, I isolated the picture of him and then just duplicated it about a bazillion times. Um, so it's just him, like, with his top off with, like, you know, looking really buff and, um, yeah, just sort of standing there, yeah, really. Yeah, so basically the entire point of this game is obviously just to make people you know and then kind of see what they do. And that's the problem in that much of it is kind of passive. Mm. Um, like when they you can't make them form relationships with another you have with one another you have to wait until they suggest that they do that and then you kind of confirm or deny um, and then you just you, yeah you just kind of sit back and wait for them to say funny things because you um, when you make the me's you give them a personality test and it comes out with a kind of horoscope type description of their personality and then they'll say things based on what personality they have. And the funny thing is obviously making your friends and seeing what they say and being like, oh, that's so funny. Isn't that just what Pip would say in real life? (laughs) (laughs) Once that's kind of, once you've done that a few times, it loses its appeal. Um, Has it actually been accurate? I'm interested. Like, you know, if you've put in a close friend or something, like, have they actually... I made my best friend's boyfriend... Um, actually no she made him and she answered all the personality questions for him and then the thing it spat out was so accurate to life that we just both burst out laughing (laughs) it's like oh I'm very competitive and I find it very hard to admit when I'm wrong (laughs) I mean part of that is the horoscope effect of, of reading something and thinking oh that sounds just like me but it did seem fairly accurate so it's quite fun but yeah it's not fun to play for a long time is it just another one of those things where, like, it uses the me's and you're sort of, you know, you, you play it for maybe 15 minutes and then, you know, stop it for a day? Or The problem is that, I mean, you have to wait for your me's to have a problem pretty much. Um, you know, they'll, they'll get, I don't know, hungry and then you feed them and then they kind of just go about their business and go to their part-time jobs and get on with their lives without you and then you just have to wait for them to have a, a problem again. So it's like The Sims or... Um, Tamagotchis or any of the other things I guess because in the Sims you can you tell your Sims what to do and if you are I mean they do live their lives themselves oh I meant the ones that had like that you'd lost track of and they ended up marrying their cousin like <laughs> yeah like, oh <laughs> um yeah it's, it's pretty much like that and if you don't tell the me's that they're related to one another then they probably will show an interest in each other so you've got to be very careful to to make sure to um to tell them that they're family members so that they don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Ooh. If you do yeah. make your entire friendship group, you probably will find your me getting hit on by all of the other me's. So you might want to avoid that if you uh, if you make your friends. Yeah, that could be awkward. <laughs> What's the appeal of it? Do you think like who's gonna who's gonna enjoy it? It's really. I mean, it's it's definitely one for the internet age because it's all. I've taken loads of screenshots as I've been playing it. Just whenever the people I have made me's of have said funny things or done funny things. Um, so it's definitely the kind of game that you're supposed to play for a bit and then show your friends what's happened. Mm. Very much that sharing culture. Um, in which case, Nintendo's probably being really, really canny. Like, that's exactly what people want, I suppose. But it's just not for me. Mm. Not for a not for a long time, anyway. Yeah. It sounds... From what you've said, it sounds like closer to a kind of maybe a, a viral marketing campaign than than anything else that sort of focus on shareability and sort of you know something that might not last beyond you know I guess the first joke or the first few jokes and then yeah. you know but you've already spent the money or you've already forwarded it on to your friends and they've already sort of in, engaged with it or bought it or forwarded it on to someone else and so exactly. it'll be like draw something it'll be as quickly burning and dying as that game I Mm, it'll okay. go around schools and you know teenagers will think it's hilarious and they'll all make each other buy it but then they will play it for a few days and forget about it and that'll yeah. be it okay so it's maybe the goat simulator of yeah <laughs> well goat simulator was almost like um, snakes on a plane as in everyone laughed at it before it came out and they didn't actually bother buying it are there any sales figures for it? I have no idea, actually. It's probably sold quite well. Especially because mm. I'm sure it was done by a bunch of YouTubers. Yeah, I was just, like, I'm genuinely curious as to how well those sort of, you know, like, one joke concepts are actually doing. I mean, Surgeon Simulator sold to... quite well, but then Surgeon Simulator has more to it. Hmm, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm just sort of interested, because having written about some of those things and sort of knowing that they do well in terms of traffic I'd be I would be really interested to see how that translates in terms of sales because I remember thinking well I'm writing about it and it's interesting in that you know a lot of people are talking about it and it's actually got you know funded or it's you know it's got greenlit and you know all those kinds of things I'm um, thinking of like Bear Simulator as well but um, yeah you'd sort of also wonder how much that was actually going to translate into anything for the developers beyond I guess name recognition or yeah I mean uh, uh, you've seen with other media I've definitely seen that sort of thing where like snakes on a plane or sharknado like everyone's making jokes about it on twitter but then actually no one watches it um, so I don't know I, I don't know if it works the same way for games hmm not sure Maybe one day someone will, someone will divulge these things, or they have already. I could always do a quick Google search afterwards, <laughs> proof one of our theories, or, or whatever. Mm. But yes. Okay. Um, yes. We haven't talked about E3. We haven't. No, I'm gonna have to re-record <laughs> the intro to be perfectly honest. Uh, <laughs> but I'm gonna ask you now. Um, I want each of you to answer two questions. Oh God. <laughs> Jordan, you can go first. Oh, what? <laughs> still the guess. In your face. <laughs> right. what do you I think s- I'm going to disinvite you from my party. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, it's like school all over again. <laughs> the first one is, um, 
what do you think will be announced at E3? The second one is what would you like to be announced at E3? Okay, what do I think will be announced? Can I just can I just say one thing? Because I've only really been thinking about one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's The Sims 4. Um, it's not that it's going to be announced. They're going to give a release date, I should think, because it's due out this yeah, year. Yeah, a general prediction. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we will see gameplay because they've only shown the build and create a sim tools in the videos that they've released so far and a kind of a well aside from the, the trailer stuff. And there's all this interesting stuff about emotions that they've been talking about, but we haven't seen really how that's going to work. So hopefully they'll show that and yeah, a release date. Isn't um, that like people are thinking that that'll get a release date as well. Destiny? Uh, yeah, the Bungie game. Is that another one that's going to be postponed? <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was suddenly thinking, like, I remembered uh, people sort of speculating that that was going to get get no, a release so. date I mean, over the E3. When we first started seeing it, like, was it two years ago? I remember it being announced around the same time as Titanfall. Mm. It can't have been two years ago, can it? Because the... It would have been about a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a year. The next-gen like consoles weren't announced then. Yeah. Gosh, how times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, so what would you like to be announced in your world of dreams? Um, so I'm hoping that um, Ubisoft or one of the other, actually no, let's say Ubisoft, declares a year of no games with with male protagonists <laughs> and um, that all their games that come out in the following year, all the ones they announce at E3, are going to have exclusively female protagonists, including the new Assassin's Creed. They've scrapped the boring looking man and decided to go with a woman instead. That is a tall order. Hmm? That is good. That, that's a tall order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's never happened. Last year, I wrote a um, like a roundup of E3 from a kind of feminist perspective, in which I looked at the different press conferences and how many women they had on stage and how many games with female protagonists they had, and it was not good. Um, Sony was still the best. I think I don't know. It could be better than usual this year. I would expect to see something from Mirror's Edge at least, for instance. Yeah, hopefully. Okay, it's your turn. Well, I actually, uh, while we were talking just then, did a quick Google of, like, the Destiny stuff. Like, no, because I was just trying to remember, like, when it was announced. (laughs) Well, no, because they've already apparently announced the release date for it, so it shows how much I've been paying attention to E3 this year. Um, Or, you know, E3 and its uh, associated stuff. So, um, I... Well, I mean, you know, there's the sort of the usual uh, parade of, you know, game trailers and things. And I don't know. I just, I don't feel any degree of enthusiasm, you guys. I, I was trying to fake it just then. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't care. Pardon? Party. Well, this is the thing. I'll watch and I'll be like, oh, okay. Or, you know, uh, that sounds really interesting. Or, oh, God, that's never going to happen. Or that's never going to work. Or, you idiots. Um, And, yeah, like, there's a sort of, there's a a, a fun to that in the way that you have with um, event TV, you know, like the X Factor vinyl or, you know, any of those kinds of things, which I I super enjoy. But I I must say, I, I don't know, I... I don't enjoy the event. It sort of leaves me cold, I guess. So maybe, you know, it's because I'm not, I, you know, I don't go to it and I don't, you know, my, my work tends not to revolve around it. It's more just a thing that happens on the periphery. 
it's weird isn't it like because I don't really do e3 stuff either but it just seems like the time of year when all of my colleagues and all of my editors are preoccupied and I'm left mm. with nothing it's basically to do. freelancers holiday really isn't <laughs> yeah. it if you're not being sent out there then you're not going to get anything commissioned so you might as well take the next week off so yeah so like i've had quite a lot of like you know uh emails from prs and stuff saying hey are you gonna be out there you know you should totally come see us and i'm like but i'm not going out there but it's like oh okay well maybe see you back in the uk (laughs) okay fine um and then there's also you know a certain amount of you know um just sort of like i guess teasing things ever so slightly or whatever but um i don't know like i I don't think anyone really likes the event itself. It is, it is just overrun with corp- corporate buzzword speak and stuff like that. Well, but yeah. there's something about watching everyone like gather around and having everyone watch. This, like I said, the event of having everyone's eyes on the same place at once. Well, that's the thing, though, because it's not really integral to the stuff that I do, as in, you know, like covering it or going to it isn't part of what I do. What I tend to do is I I don't follow it particularly and then when it happens I'll be able to just sort of you know sit in the audience as in you know the online audience and just sort of engage with it on the same platform as most other people which is kind of cool and and I I do enjoy that Uh, I'm not I'm not doing it down at all I just but that's why I don't have any predictions because I don't feel any excitement beyond you know sitting and actually friends or with colleagues the last game I got excited about at E3 was Watch Dogs, and look how that panned out. Well, that's the thing. I was really excited about Watch Dogs, and I I, I continued with that excitement when they did that really cool... Um, I was talking about it last week. They did an ad campaign that sort of focused more on the sort of disquieting you share this much data without thinking about it aspect of, I guess, surveillance and uh, API and stuff like that. It kind of tied those things together in a really interesting way that seems to be far more interesting and sort of stimulating to discussion than the game itself and yeah so yeah like it's interesting like e3 is interesting as a spectacle in the same way that fashion week is interesting to me but at the same time it's like i don't sort of indulge in all the sort of pre-e3 stuff because it's you know, I just I I only have a certain amount of time in my day, and and esports takes up so much of it. You guys, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, um, I think there's usually one or two interesting things. Uh, there's usually some interesting things that come out of it, but yeah, the event itself is 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 more fun to mock than to participate in. We're laughing at them, not with them. Well, what was kind of interesting was watching the Apple keynote at the WWDC uh, thing. It's interesting. Well, I was so I was interested because watching it, um, like, so at the end, you know what happened, right? They announced a new programming language, basically did a a sort of developer-style mic drop and fucked off. It was like, oh, and by the way, we've kind of been developing a development language, so yeah, that's a thing. Bye. (laughs) Um, And so, but sort of watching that and sort of listening to the crowd there like a few of the people in the audience actually sort of audibly gasped when they were sort of demoing the stuff and it was kind of like I had to sort of keep my cynicism in check because I really like that people can still do exciting things and innovative things and sort of get people excited about stuff and so 
when I watch stuff like E3, I, I do sort of, I guess, try and rein in the snark a little bit because it's so easy to just sort of kick everything that happens. And so yeah, like some of too. it is so exciting <laughs> a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's worth a bit of so I don't know. So, like, I guess the WWDC stuff actually sort of served as a reminder for me that people still absolutely love super exciting tech and don't you know there's a certain kid at christmas kind of mentality to a little bit of it not much of it but you know tiny snippet so no prediction or hope my hope is that they announce as as ever uh pokemon snap (laughs) 2 they're not going to it's fine i'm just gonna have to eat that one up like i do every bloody (laughs) wii u system seller (laughs) <laughs> it would just be amazing it would be any system seller any console any smartphone anything that had that on i would i yeah no it would just be it would it's the best thing that had ever happened to anyone i'm pretty sure if i tied up all the tags in all the podcasts we've done like number one would be dota and number two would be pokemon snap <laughs> what can i say i believe in a cause and i'm gonna fight for it <laughs> Um, right, what am I going to say? Um, I should have thought about that while you were talking. Yeah, um, well, there you go. Let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> None of this snarking about my podcast tags. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on, what about you? Same same prediction-y, hopey, hopes and dreams to you. What, what, what is this? Come oh, on. Right, okay, prediction <laughs> stuff. Um, I... Oh, a murder mystery MMO. <laughs> I want that. I want that with every fibre of my being. Um, prediction, I think um, Sony will show off Project Morpheus, their VR headset. That'll be a big thing that they do on their demo. Um, I think people are going to zero in on that. It's like now that motion gaming seems to have basically been left for dead. Mm. Hooray! <laughs> but people are going to be trying to do VR next. That's what I say. Um, but what I'd hope... Oh, sorry. Do, like, oh, which movie was it? There was a movie that did like a faked like E3 style press conference where... Was it Transformers? Where they sort of unveiled like just a massive fucking killer robot. I, I think Wargaming.net might bring that, actually. They that drove would just a be tank awesome. into E3 last year. Yeah, like just somebody standing up on stage and say, you know, here's a few game trailers, here's a few buzzwords, and then just at the end, as their mic drop, just sort of say, oh, and we also have a killer robot, any questions? No, we'll be at the bar. Actually, there was a Titanfall, there was a Titanfall robot at Gamescom, I think, last year. Yeah, but did it kill anyone? I don't know. If they no, could, they exactly. probably covered it off, if so. It's your hope for E3 that's <laughs> murdered. <laughs> I haven't thought this through. <laughs> Is that so that you can have a live-action murder mystery? Oh, that would be so good. I knew, yeah. I knew you wanted to go through three, but I mean, just I try to kill off the people who are already there. That's a bit much. Look, it's not my fault that murders might happen around me in the same way that Jessica Fletcher wasn't her fault either. She was just jobbing novelist she was going on a tour people wanted her to talk at their event suddenly someone dies and oh look fingers are being pointed not her fault nothing to do with her she helps i have no idea what you're talking (laughs) 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 
Uh, I think I went to see Angela Lansbury in a play earlier this week and it's left slightly more of a mark than I was intending. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, well, that's made this slightly awkward. Hi. Anyway, what was your hope? Oh, uh, yeah, the thing I'd like to see is... Um, well, something new, really. Just just no... I, I find it really sad that uh, like, earlier in the week a lot of people were talking about stuff they might want to see at E3 and it was all like sequels and remakes. So it's like... God, no more of that. Just, just tell, so, give me something new, something completely new. Watch Dogs was new. <laughs> it's it true. Was. I know that, like for the last two years, there is, um, if there's been like t- this talk that Bioware are working on like a new RPG, not uh, Mass Effect or Dragon Age, something completely different. Um, that is what I would most like to see announced. So, uh, as anyone who's listened to this podcast a few times knows, I am a massive fan of Bioware RPGs. Also, new stuff, new. Admittedly, that sometimes as it was Watch Dogs. Well, the problem with Watch Dogs was it wasn't sufficiently new. Like, half of it was just... Um, yeah, half of it was just Ubisoft game. Mm. Yeah, that review was hilarious. Oh, is it? The, yeah. Or did you do it last week? Sorry? The um, the review of Ubisoft game. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Alexander. Yeah, uh <laughs> Yeah, you pretty much could review them as that now. That's, that's the thing, there's so many interchangeable parts. Mm. You know, the thing is though, would it be... With the amount of snark that's kind of laser-focused on that event, if you show something, do you think people will recognise it as good or new? To be honest, I think there's... Like, when, I think when they Watch probably Dogs would. Fir- yeah, but when Watch Dogs was first shown, there was this sort of breaking moment of... And when The Division was first shown, there was this breaking moment of... No, actually, this genuinely looks good. I think. I'm. Oh, actually, the thing that I was kind of excited from last year was the order. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's sort of like, it's sort of disappeared a bit from the radar, but I'm still holding out hope for sort of it being fun and enjoyable and interesting. They just laid it, haven't they? Mm. Quite recently. Yeah. But, like, it didn't feel like a catastrophic delay from what I was reading about it, more just a. I, I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I, I still have hope. <laughs> I'd also like to see more from Alien Isolation, actually, because all anyone has seen is that one demo. Mm. So you maybe expect them to show more. And that's the big question mark about Alien Isolation, is can they do more than that, like, half hour of absolutely ter- absolute terror? Mm. Um, yeah, I super enjoyed that, actually. Oh, yeah, because haven't they said the game is going to be fairly long? Yeah, they said, they said like, nine hours or something at one point, I think. Sustained. Mm. Mm. Oh, I'll get really tired if I'm scared for nine hours. Yeah, they have I'll need to, to take it, like yeah. naps and things. Yeah. <laughs> Your body is incapable of being scared for that long. Exactly. I'd have to like you know have food and uh, yeah. So yeah, they'd have to pace it, but exactly what they put in the the downtime sections is mm. that's incredibly true. Anyway, I think that's that's as the three stuff. So. Uh, should we answer the questions from Twitter? I don't think there's that many. Oh, sure. Did we have any left over from last week? Uh, there might be one. So I think we might have answered the ones that I got. Because I got what is E3 and what is Wildstar. <laughs> We've totally done that. We have. Uh, there's something about Dark Souls, which... Which, uh, yeah, quite have to say until Craig comes on again. <laughs> but, uh, let's see. Um, well, I've got 
uh, Nicholas West asks, um, I think Sony will have uh, lots of indies up front and Nintendo will show a new Zelda game. Uh, but what should Microsoft focus on? That is kind of a, an interesting point because Microsoft seemed to have like said everything that you'd expect them to say at E3 already. I think they might just sit down and have a cup of tea. I honestly think they're going to have to they're going to have to put so much of a focus on Halo because I just don't think they'll have enough to pad out a press conference that long. But they've already said Halo. They've already said. No, I know uh, they've already said it. Yeah. I, I'm not talking about surprises. They'll just they'll just talk about Halo for ages because yeah. they don't have. Whereas Sony's press conferences, I mean, I was going to say they go quickly, but they don't because they talk about loads of business stuff for ages. But when they're actually talking about games, they seem to get through them quite quickly because they have quite a few when they're talking about all the indie ones and everything. Whereas I don't think Microsoft will have quite as long a list and they'll have to spend much more time and energy on the big ones to make sure that people just think about those and don't think about how few games they have. I mean, people, when they say, yeah, it was also like, they talk about a lot of different stuff at E3 and I'm never entirely sure why. Like, oh, like, like Yeah, and when, like, when you put like Just Dance up front and centre now, there's nothing wrong with Just Dance. I just think the kind of people who are into that are probably not the ones like watching E3 live right now. That was probably um, the celebrities that they had involved. Oh, really. God, yeah. There's a prediction for E3. Some will, some will have a slightly embarrassing celebrity cameo. There'll be some sports people in the EA one, won't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like... Um, for... I don't know. For Microsoft, last year probably stung in that, you know, it was pretty much universally agreed that Sony had won E3. You know, like, remember Jack just sort of standing on stage like, yeah we got this. Uh, the sort of, you know, the smile. Um, that was about, like, pre-owned games and stuff, wasn't it? Um, but, like, so I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft have saved up a fair few things to, like, you know, to to redress that balance. And they're not afraid to throw money around. I mean, they must have spent a lot of money to get time for all the city. Uh, and exclusive, in air quotes. By exclusive, I mean not on Sony. <laughs> mm. But yeah, so like there's those kinds of things which I, yeah, I find, I, yeah, I, I I wouldn't assume that Microsoft don't have stuff to show. I think it probably you know like they they would like that pendulum to swing back their way. They're probably going to notice their virtual reality machine. That's, I think everyone's going to do that. But there's, there's a difference between wanting to surprise people and being able to, like having enough stuff to talk about. They there is. I think that, you you know, like it might just, be, you know, if they don't have enough stuff, it might be a case of like having scrimped and saved everything that they do have to, you know, to pad out or to announce at the same time and and whatever but um you know or they might have just gone okay fine or they might have actually got stuff to announce it's one of those things where i just sort of sit here thinking oh, i'm just pontificating for exactly. the sake of using like, words but um people yeah are, like experts in this sort of thing can't really predict what microsoft will do because they're a really strange company <laughs> they're going to be talking about that new rabbits thing aren't they isn't there another rabbits tv thing that's just been announced or and Quantum Break, that's supposed to be TV oh, as well. Yeah, they probably talk about TV a lot. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, because they've also, yeah, like Microsoft have been investing in like their um, their uh, original programming 
line up and stuff like that so they might like I don't know this again this is said with absolutely no like finger on the pulse whatsoever in terms of you know the the build-up to E3 but they might have like Nancy uh, on to talk about you know the the plans for that kind of stuff and, and what they've got in the pipeline uh, if they've got any more interesting things to announce I really do hope that everyone announced does like a virtual reality machine as part of their presentation. Like, could you imagine how embarrassing it will be to see like Microsoft and Sony try and show that off on stage? Just think of how stupid everyone looked when they were doing motion gaming. Now imagine them with a giant headset on. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be the best. Yeah. Okay, one last question. Ben Rose asks, uh, what game being shown at E3 do you get the least amount of a fuck about? Uh, sports. <laughs> so the EA conference, which I will be watching solely for The Sims 4, I'm going to have to sit through so many sports games. Um, At least yeah. they tend to put it in one block so that everyone who's not interested can go for tea. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm someone who is actually interested in that stuff, but you know, I recognise not everyone is. Uh, it's basically the same way I feel whenever racing games come on. For me, it's probably whatever Mario game is being shown off. Like... There's so many Mario platformers and I've barely played any of them. I'm not going to care if a new one's announced. Pip? Yeah, I'm just having a think. Like, I don't know. Google. (laughs) No, no, I was just actually, like, racking my brains as to... You could check the list of things being shown. I don't care about. (laughs) I could, couldn't I? I don't know. Like, I quite like... the thing is, when they show off a game, like they'll pick the things that make it look bombastic or interesting or whatever, and like you know, some of it you just sit there and go, oh, "Okay, so I'm a twenty-something a, a white dude who has a gun and feels vaguely maligned by something." Okay, fine, yeah, no, I got you. Um, but you know, like there's also a certain part of my brain that's like, "Oh, but there was an explosion." <laughs> And also, you know, there were some some bright colours, and uh, you know, I'm making myself sound like a goldfish. But um, I've sent you a link to a list, which has reminded me that a Project Spark exists, and that looked really cool like two years ago. Um, hang on, is Project Spark 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 out? Is it? Beta for a year. Yeah, oh. and like Linkin Park released a music video for it. <laughs> How have I not paid attention to any of this? See, like, I'm slightly more on the pulse than you at this point. Ah. Oh, I'll go back to playing. Like I said, I treat it as event television. Like, it's not there for, like, like how you watch The X Factor. You're not actually there because you're hoping that someone will sing your favourite song. What is the point where you go and make a cup of tea? Oof. I don't know, because I'm the opposite of you, Jordan. I actually quite am interested in the business stuff and, like, the sort of peripheral to gaming kind of stuff. So I'll tend to watch those bits. Um, I guess stuff where it's things that I've just seen before or it's, like, a a sequel to something, you know, like like racing games, unless it's one... Unless it's a franchise that I feel particularly interested in. Well, that's the other thing is like often they'll sort of have a whole load of ridiculous, amazing language that goes along with it. So like I, I just enjoy watching the whole thing for its sort of ridiculousness and the sort of like, yeah, just the the um, overblownness of it all. 
Um, and the thing is, it you know, if you go to the loo, then you'll just miss like the thing that everyone ends up talking about. You're like, oh, for God's sake. Because <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's kind of ended up being more a social media game at this point, I think, than a, than a conference. Like, you know, you're not watching it because you're, well, I guess you're kind of watching it because you have an interest in the subject matter. But the important thing is whether you get more retweets than anybody else or like whether, you know, you say the clever thing fast enough. <laughs> See, no, no, you've, Pep, you're so cynical. I make the jokes uh-huh. for the sake of jokes, uh-huh. not for the retweets. OK, we'll just make them in a vacuum and then publish them next year and then we'll <laughs> see. Then we'll see. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I'm just looking at this list and it's like, there's a lot of things that I don't feel strongly about. But like I say, it's the presentation. It's the sort of the way it's all wrapped up in sort of, you know, here are some loud noises to keep you stimulated. And here are some new buzzwords to sort of keep you having to write things down. (laughs) So the answer is Pip loves everything. The answer is just like it's a spectacle and so you just you watch it as that you know I guess like any in, in interest and involvement in the games themselves is very much <laughs> secondary and that's the, the way they've made it okay I guess we should wrap up <laughs> is that all of our questions it is Well, no, like, because the previous few weeks we've had so many to get through and it's been like, oh, we'll have to save fun for next week. And yeah. Mm. Oh, thanks for joining me, everyone. In about a couple of hours from when you hear this, you should find out how horribly wrong we all are. Um, we might be really right. Oh, yeah, that would be fucking amazing. <laughs> if, uh, I want to be right. If there's if there's Pokemon Snap, you sure want to be right. You want to hope. You hope. You really hope it's all gets killed in the offing. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, that that's probably the part that I hope I'm slightly less right about. You know, it's, it's fine. It's so fine. goodbye, and my condolences to their family. Probably. I hope that doesn't happen. It's Tom's fault if it does. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>